around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and now Google Play. If you'd like to send me an email, please send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmo.com. And if you would like to follow me on social media, you can do that at mbills314. Now, this episode is a bonus episode. And the reason why I call it a bonus is because, um, as many of you all know who've been following um the podcast we've been talking about faith for today and this technically would have been episode 72 of faith for today now it still is episode 72 but it is a bonus episode and i wanted to come to you because um there was a bill that was passed in the state of alabama on abortion probably one of the most extreme bills that we've ever seen uh in the history of this country and I've been on social media and been just reading a lot and looking at CNN and people are upset and abortion is one of those topics in scripture that is like really, really complex. So these are one of those things. This is one of those subjects where you have to take your time and really study and really study the subject. And I've been doing it all week. I mean, I've studied abortion before, but once I saw that this bill passed, it was just like, man, I need to really get a revelation on what's going on. I mean, it's obvious that we know that um, murder of children is wrong. But the issue that people are having is that when does conception take place? When is this? When does life begin? And all those, all those type of things. And um, before I bring on my guest, because I do have a guest today. And um, I wanted to read this scripture, foundation scripture on abortion and what we're going to be talking about. And it's coming out of Psalms 139. And I'm going to read verses 13 through 16. I will be reading out of the New Living Translation. You may be reading out of a different translation, but it's all good because we're still going to end up in the same place. So Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. It knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I knew it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. One thing I do know about an unborn child is that that unborn child has purpose. I don't think any of us can deny that, is that the unborn child has purpose. And life begins even <laughs> well number one life always was we, we wasn't just like non-existent god knew us before 
we were formed in our mother's womb. Matter of fact, I'm going to read that. I believe that's in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Yes, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So this just further confirms with the second verse, with the second scripture, that there is life, there is purpose for any unborn child. But we come to some situations where you have things like incest, you know, which is a relative having sex, you know, <clears throat> sexual intercourse with another relative. You know, you have those type of things. You have things like rape. So that's where it gets complex. Now, it doesn't get complex from the fact that there is still purpose for the unborn child. But now the thing is, is that, okay, if it is incest, you know, God forbid, you know, my father raped me, whatever have you, and you were to have to carry that child, let's say you were 14 years old, should you, should that be an option for you? So with no further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest. She's not new to the show. It's my wife. I wanted to bring her on because I wanted a woman's perspective because as you see a lot of people have been saying that you know men shouldn't be allowed to make decisions about a woman's body even though the person who wrote the bill <laughs> was a woman because she you know they have a woman mayor but I wanted to bring my wife on because I, she has a um a story a personal story that you can actually find in her book single don't mean sorrow and I wanted her to just us to just have some dialogue about this subject. And uh, wife, you can come on, step on up to the podium. Hello, <laughs> hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. Um, as we discussed, we've been discussing before. You know, we even started recording. We've been talking about you know this abortion situation for like the past couple of days. And um, as we were talking, you shared some. You shared some interesting. Um, you just shared some interesting things that I never, never knew that I don't think a lot of women know. I think this bill passed and a lot of women spoke out and just said, well, you shouldn't tell me what to do with my body. But a lot of these women have never had an abortion. Some women just think it's, you know, for convenience. Like I can just go ahead, run on down to Planned Parenthood and go and get it, get it going. And I can move on with my life. But I wanted you to kind of share, you know, as God leads you some of uh, what you've experienced as it pertains to abortion yes okay um as we spoke earlier this week i am a woman who have had multiple abortions um starting as a young teenager um just not knowing what abortions was all i knew that it would hide this pregnancy from my dad that's all i knew I can honestly say now I wish there was stipulations. I wish there was um, a bill in place for safety, for my sake, because I seen people um, that I knew personally do it. So that's what had me to do it once I first found out I was pregnant. And yes, I did write about this in my first book. I wrote about the... Um, the horror of it you know just not knowing what you're doing and how easy it was for me to do it i was a young teenager i went on my own i gave a fake name 
Um, I drove myself there and I just can remember weeping, being lost, being scared, but more afraid to tell my dad than I was to have a baby. So yes, I did. I had my first abortion. Um, I had to be right at, if 17 years old, and it was a excruciating pain. The pain was, it felt unbearable. Now, you talking about physical pain or just mentally? Physical pain. At that first one, it was just physical pain. I was so young, mentally it didn't affect me. It was physical because I didn't know um, the beauty of having a baby. I think, too, those who have a baby, they use abortion as a birth control. And as I wrote in my book, I, too, later on started using abortion as a birth control. So, I mean, what would you, how do you feel about this bill? I mean, the bill in itself is a, a little extreme. I mean, they're talking about, you know, a person who gets an abortion. This is talking, this is the state of Alabama right now. This is not even worldwide. This is just the state of Alabama. You know, they're saying that a doctor who performs an abortion on a woman can face up to life in prison. And I think, I believe they're saying that a woman who gets an abortion, you know, can face up to, you know, it's considered a felony. And the only exceptions they have is if the if the woman is pregnant and I believe her life is at stake for whatever reason. So it's like it's kind of weird. That's why I say it's a complex subject, because it's like they still agree with abortion because they have exceptions. But I think that people had issues with is that, you know, they don't include incest or rape. So it's more like a life for life. So if your life is in danger unto death, we rather save the adult life and take the baby's life basically is what they're saying before both lives or ended i guess yeah. pretty much right that's what it sounds like um this is something that i researched um online and it is from ehd.org and it was saying hearing the fetus heartbeat doctors use several different methods to listen to the fetus fetus heartbeat about three weeks, one day after fertilization, when the heart begins to is when the heart begins to beat. The sound of the little heart is too soft to hear. Very soon thereafter, they can see the motion under an ultrasound technology. And then just reading that, when it said the little heart to hear, I think if we um, we treat the fetus as a life that will be. It'll be more, um, it'll, it won't be as easy to just go off and have an abortion, just like a birth control, just go off and have an abortion. Because about time I was 19 years old, I was on my second abortion. About time I was 20 years old, I was on my third abortion. And I believe, um, is when I reconnected with God and, um, repented from my sins and I just laid everything on the altar and I remember crying and receiving God as my Lord and Savior in my heart and I got pregnant again so I had my daughter which I wanted to I did contemplate abortion but you know it getting the word of God it wouldn't allow me so this is my point before the word of God it was easy for me to do it when I started getting the word of God, going to church, getting the word of God, it was so hard for me to do it. That's when conviction set in. So I believe if this is something that is um, 
if this is something that is supposed to be done, if it's something that's in the express will of God, if this is something that God doesn't mind, why did the conviction come once I started getting the word of God? Before the word, I did it as an abortion. I did an abortion as a birth control pill. After I started getting the word of God, it was very hard for me to go. Though I did choose after my daughter, I got pregnant again, I went, but it was so very hard for me. This time, the pain was excruciating. I thought I was dying. So I, uh, right before then, I went to call my sister on the phone, I remember, and I, I asked her, I need prayer, I need help. This thing is taking a toll on me. That's when I realized that there was a spirit that was attached to me. There was a spirit that was attached to me, just causing me to keep going back, keep going back, putting myself before the fetus, actually, before the baby, putting myself to make sure I was going to be all right. I was thinking about my life, and I remember her putting a coworker on the phone, and she prayed for me. And when she began to pray, I felt something lift off of me. And I was still at the abortion clinic. I was just in the counselor's room because it, by that time, if you wasn't comfortable, they would stop it because they were showing you videos on how to take care of yourself after an abortion, how to how the procedure would work. They were just showing me all different videos. And I mean, when I tell you that word of God began to convict me. Now, I can say this. And I hope this doesn't sound uh, contradictive. I did go ahead and do it, but it was like no other. That night I cried. I couldn't sleep. I heard babies crying. My mind, my mind just seemed as if it was being tormented. I was just crying the entire night. I repented and I cried and I cried. And I just asked God, how can I stop doing this? How can I stop doing this? How can I stop doing this? And I went to the altar that next Sunday, and this older lady, she prayed for me, and she said, Romans 12, 1 and 2, present your body to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable servants. So she let me know by presenting my body to God and waiting until I get married, I won't have to keep going and going, getting pregnant and going to the abortion clinic, getting pregnant and going to the abortion clinic. And I can just remember that thing leaving me that Sunday morning and I never went back again. Wow, now see, that's what you, that's what we were talking about. And uh, of course I knew that, but as this bill passed and you brought it back up again and just reminded me, it reminded me of some things. And um, how many months were you when you had Oh, were you weeks when you if, for each abortion that you had? Can you remember like were you months in, two months in? Like what was? Yes, um, I would go at one month. I would go at two months. Uh, one time I went at three months. You know, not knowing. I think a lot of times women run early so that they won't get attached because it's a natural. It's a natural effect to get attached to your child even in the womb even while growing um the same way god does to us yes we're his child we're birthed into we're made in his image mm -hmm. and as we grow he attaches we attach ourselves to him and he attach ourselves his self to us and as we grow 
we, we began to love him and he began to show us his love for us. So that's the same way a fetus is in the belly of a, of a woman. We begin to feel the kicks and we begin to love that baby, talk to that baby. So I believe people go and they do it fast because of them. But like I said, I wish there was a bill for me because I wouldn't have went that much jeopardizing my life because millions didn't make it off the abortion bed. But I was the one of the ones who did. And that's why I praise God the way that I do now. And I'm grateful for his mercy, his grace, and his forgiveness. Amen. And that's one thing that's important, too, that there is forgiveness. So if you're listening and maybe you have gotten an abortion, maybe you just recently had uh, gotten a, gotten an abortion, or maybe you've got one in the past and that's something that you kind of wrestle with, just know that God's grace is sufficient. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says, Confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So it's no, ma- no matter what we've done, God is able and will forgive you. He's not going to hold that against you. And one thing I think about this bill that's, upsetting everybody is like they're taking away women's right to choose now this is where i was kind of think i was thinking about when it comes to the lord he and this is any this is not even talking about abortion what i'm about to say when it comes to the lord he doesn't make us do anything he doesn't make us love him he doesn't make us accept him he doesn't make us do the things that we know we need to do he doesn't make us do right whatever he doesn't make us do any of those things all those things are by choice right Mm -hmm. so once i accepted christ it was a choice it wasn't because there was a law or anything in place that said hey everyone in this country you have to make jesus christ the lord of your life now you can set set that law and that can happen but that comes through hearing the gospel receiving the gospel and making him lord does it come through here you're going to do this it's kind of what was happening with the slaves right they would twist in scriptures and then they would you know present to them that jesus was a white man and all these type of things and all these false images and things that we have now it's because you know a white man or men in general but you know they were white (laughs) you know tried to make the Africans do this and do that and you have to do it this way so when it comes to abortion and people don't talk about this aspect even if there wasn't a law there's still spiritual consequences to things that doesn't mean that you necessarily go to hell for getting an abortion but as you were saying there there is a level of torment that can come with that you see what I'm saying now I think the my issue was that you may have, like you were saying, there are women out here who use abortion as a form of birth control. You are you out here with, you know, Kiwan and you know that he's no good. You know, all these different things. You guys are continually, continuously having sex. Boom. You get pregnant and you thinking, man, I don't want to have this baby. Let me run on down into the Planned Parenthood. And you about what, three months in? And let me go and just head, go ahead and just get rid of it. That is wrong. See, that's what I'm saying. Like that, it's like that just doesn't make sense. Or you have people who do other things like that. Now, my thing was, it's like for a 12-year-old girl who maybe just had her cycle for the first time. And so she's actually able to have children at 12 years old. And her father 
was to have intercourse with her and he he's doing this with the intent that i want to uh impregnate my daughter for whatever whatever wicked reason he may have i feel that there should be an option for her and the reason why i can say this because in scripture there isn't a clear guide on that as far as Abortion. The word abortion is not in the scriptures. The scriptures that I read, along with plenty of others, it only really deals with the fact that God knows us before we enter the womb. So it shows us that we have purpose before the womb. And I think that's where a lot of what they call um, Christian right people, you know, liberal, you know, Christian right people and extreme people. That's what they they deal with is that. But when the life comes out the womb, especially a black life, they don't seem to care about that. So I think that's where people are coming into to the conflict of, you know, different things. You just want to say, want to say something? Yes. Um, the scenario you gave with the 12 year old baby, because I just believe just like the scriptures that you read, God knew we were before the foundation of the earth and he fashioned us in our mother's womb. I can just imagine God's hand in the womb fashioning the child. He will give that child purpose. He will give that child um, a call upon their life. You can be really abolishing the next president the next pastor, the next That's preacher, true. the next prophet. You can be abom- abolishing the next you. So I don't think that we should have a choice. We didn't give life. We shouldn't take the life. So it, there's purpose in all things. A lot of us were, um, cre- I wouldn't say, a lot of us was conceived with the intention of a, a, the two parents just having a good time. But... They went on through the nine months, and I thank God for that. So I believe, um, no, that it doesn't matter what it should be. Abortion is not for the human body. There should never be a time where you can take a baby and snatch it from a womb and into a vacuum and then throw it into a bucket and send it off to wherever they do. Some people say science. A lot of people say all different kind of things. But if it is flushing into a sewer, I mean, just think of that. Just think of that. So, no, I would just say, I just wish for me personally that there was a bill in place. I wish that there were uh, more people uh, protesting as it is now to help me, and I would have known better because I literally just heard about it, heard I was pregnant for the first time um, at a young age. They actually, to bring it back to my remembrance they gave me a abortion pamphlet at the clinic when they told me I was pregnant as a teenager they hand me an abortion pamphlet and I called the abortion I called the abortion clinic made an alias name and I went and they performed the abortion didn't need a parent signature didn't need approval didn't see if I rolled with someone anything they just took that $350 snatched the baby out and sent me along my way your situation is a little different because and i can speak on this was your situation incest no was your situation rape no so you were engaging at that time and intercourse knowing the possibilities of pregnancy right no you didn't know you said- I didn't know about pregnancy after the first one you still wasn't thinking at the, after the first one I knew about pregnancy but 
the first okay. time as a teenager giving my body away um, just thinking that that is how to be loved. That's all I thought, that this is love. I thought that that made me feel beautiful. And then I went to the clinic just to get birth control. And, of course, before you get birth control, they have to give you a pregnancy test. And she came back and said, I can't issue the birth control. You are pregnant, and here is a pamphlet. And she gave me a, an abortion pamphlet. So, no, I didn't know. Um, now... I knew not to have sex before marriage because I learned that as a young, young girl. But of course, growing up and as a teen and being peer pressured and you wanted to be liked and loved, um, I, I did so. And no, something, I believe something came over me on my first time. When I see how easy it is, it's just like serial uh, killers, serial bank robbers. Once you see how easy it is, you go back for the second time. The second time goes easy, you go back for the third time. The third time went easy, I went back for the fourth time, but I had some word of God in me, and the conviction was so strong. Right. So I do believe that God has an interception with conception, with abortions. Well, I don't, like I said, abortion is one of those complex things because scripture doesn't it doesn't clearly say in there as far as like don't abort a child you know we have situations where you have like Sodom and Gomorrah where God passed judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah and there were pregnant women there and you know a lot of people didn't make it out we have other situations where God had had to pass judgment um, upon a village or a city and pregnant women were there you know that didn't make it out so i know i said all that to say is that but see we living on the dis different dispensation we're not under the uh, um levitical law and the levitical law specifically talks about incest right and i'm just using that as an example it talks about the consequences of incest and you'll be put to death and just all these different things so seeing that we're not under that law anymore does that make incest okay does that make rape okay all these different things no, it doesn't. So, seeing that we're in America, and America is a democracy, meaning that the people of that nation have to vote. No one can just make one rule. All these things are voted on. And I think the laws that we put in place, all of them should be done with a spiritual mindset. We do need to search the scriptures and understand, because even though you're saying that you know you wish there was a law in place there there's still exceptions mm -hmm. to this bill so it's that's what i'm saying that's how you kind of know god is kind of is like a gray area because they don't have just no no abortion period even if you're even if your life is at stake you just gonna have to go on go and go to heaven <laughs> you know what i'm saying they don't say that they're making it exception like you know if your life is at stake and they have some other things too i don't have in front of me i wish i did but yeah they have exceptions in there it's just that they don't have the exception of rape or incest mm -hmm. and like we said and that's not going to change there is life there's purpose so it's like even if you have an incestuous baby or, or what they would call a rape baby there's still purpose for that baby now it's going to be tough there's going to be a lot of mental battles you have to deal with but god is a deliverer so there's nothing that we can ever go through in life that jesus won't deliver us from mm. i think that you need to allow well i guess you probably still can make the choice you're just gonna be faced with the penalty of prison 
Now, in the Old Testament, they had some laws back there. They had laws against um, women, I mean, children disobeying parents, and they allowed the, uh, the whole village to stone the kids to death. That's extreme. You see what I'm saying? But look at how all these different laws. So it's so the laws that we're dealing with now in America, these are just laws that we're putting in place. They're trying to use um, biblical reasoning for it, which, like I said, in some cases is in there. But I think our issue is, especially the black race, is that you care about or so you say you care about the lives within the womb but then once the life comes out the womb especially a black life or black or brown life there's no there's no value doesn't seem to be any value there you know we can talk about now we can talk about in the 60s we can talk about during the Jim Crow era we can talk go all the way back because they was big on abortion then so I think it's hypocritical and it's ungodly for someone to say that they are pro-abortion and then you know your actions are showing that you pro-racism mm. so it's like you you both like we yeah I I saved you you know I put a law in place so that they wouldn't take your life but because I wanted to take your life when you get out the womb you see what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to do all these different things to you. So it's like it's so it's so complex. And I think the face behind this nation and, and the racism and all the different things that we see, I think that's what makes it tough people to grasp, you know, you know. So that's I just want to have a, a conversation about this. Um, and I wanted you, like I said, I wanted you to speak on it because you've experienced it. I have a question. Go ahead. Um, so doing research, I've seen that some people were asking, uh, when does life begin? So that would be my question for you. Like, when do you think life begins? Um, according to the Bible, it says life begins at birth. When a baby draws his first breath, the Bible defines life as breath in several significant passages, including the story of Adam, the creation in Genesis two and seven, when God breathe into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living soul so they believe that a li- that you when you kill a soul you go to prison for it because the baby doesn't have a soul yet then it's not com- considered murder but the thing too is a twofold should you lay down your life to sacrifice your life by getting rid of a fetus when you can hemorrhage, when you can die, when you can mess up your internal uh, organs and reproductive system. So the question would be, uh, when do you think, uh, you know, when do you think life begins? So that's something that's in the air with this um, whole ordeal as well. I mean, well, biblically, I read the scripture, you know, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So we know about how sperm works. Sperm meets the egg, you know, and once that sperm meets that egg, according to scripture, God is the one that does the forming in the womb, Mm. which is amazing when you think about it. 
you know, and then you feel the baby kick, and then, you know, now what was it saying we was reading that up until like what six weeks the baby has a heartbeat? Mm-hmm. So I'm not a woman, but if I was a woman and I felt that, it, I mean, yo, the heart beating. <laughs> you can feel it as a man. Yeah, the heart. The, no, the heart beating and. Get the doctor. You know, you take the baby's life. I think that'll be kind of difficult. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like I said, man, it's one of them subjects. Yeah. Because I don't think it's so much about the abortion, but how the person ended up getting pregnant. Yeah. You know, I know someone who had an abortion at five months. Mm-hmm. And I know someone who delivered a baby at five months. So all that in the air that's what I was saying mm-hmm. when does no my question is not when does life begin I believe mm-hmm. what I believe mm-hmm. but some are asking what do you believe when so. does life begin I mean I believe that God fashioned us in our mother's right, womb the same, right. it's just like me looking at my baby now I couldn't imagine when I was three months in my pregnancy to go and get rid the, the word rid alone does something to me get rid of him mm-hmm. so that's the question that a lot of people ask and is it murder because when does life begin but i just don't believe it's just something you should do period and a lot of people say some people have abortions like adoptions they feel like they have four kids why have five i remember being in the room for the last time and this young lady was on her ninth abortion she was on her ninth abortion and she needed that's help nuts. That's nuts. she needed help a lot of people need help. I needed help. It was a big secret. I think one or two people knew, and I just did it. And I needed help. And that lady who got on the phone, she prayed for me, and I, re- I remember feeling relieved. Even though I did it, I was being healed as I went. So afterwards, um, she planted the lady at the church the next day water, and God did the increase of it and I was delivered so I just believe it's something that people need Uh, abortion goes physically and spiritually Mm -hmm. you think you're doing it physically but you're you're aborting something physically as well because it it affects your esteem once you have an abortion you have low self-esteem um, your body still tells you that you're pregnant for a while so imagine after you have a baby and you have postpartum that's the way that it feels like your baby is gone your body's still telling you you're pregnant your mind knows that the baby is gone you wish you could you have regret i had big regret i wish i could i wish it was a dream i wish i could go back and get my baby um just so many things a lot of people commit suicide after abortion so it's just it just it's twofold it's like what do you do so i say put the bill in place even if it's temporary and see how it goes but I mean we need help especially in the African American community and that is something that God is um, putting in, in me to help women um, present their body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable keep it to yourself till you get married and get a husband and you can have a planned par- pregnancy this is my first planned pregnancy and it feels so much better um, it's joy behind it it's love behind it it's peace behind it um, it's hope behind it it's so many things behind it versus just having an unplanned pregnancy and having the uh, choice uh, option should I go the thought should I go abort this baby 
And a lot of people use abortions, as we said, as birth control. They don't know who the dad is. Or they meet a new guy and they know that they're already pregnant. They will go and have an abortion so that they won't have to take that pregnancy on. And then I know women who have been pregnant and met a man. And that was a successful story. So, I mean, we can always say it's reasons behind abortion, but there's also hope no matter how you get pregnant if you have your baby. That's true. I said, and that's what makes the the situation so complex because it's like there's still purpose for the baby's life. But see, I guess me as a man, I'm just thinking about, you know, a woman getting raped or incest. And I'm like, yo, I don't know. But we gonna stick with the book. So after me saying all this, I mean, am I for abortion? Nope. But, you know, when the Bible isn't clear on a particular subject. Now, when I say clear, I mean like this. Because it's like you have in scripture where people have babies out of crazy situations. You have Hosea who uh, God told him to marry a prostitute. You have... um, we have so many just different different examples in the Bible. We know that it's a blessing, according to Scripture, for a woman to bear children. You have a when there was women in the Bible who couldn't bear children, they looked at that as a curse because they felt like every woman should be able to bear a child, right? So, yeah, that's why I say it's complex because the Scripture just talks about life. So we know that the Lord is life giver. You know, and it talks about women wanting children, how God will bless the woman with more children and just all these different things. So it's like, but he doesn't deal with, you know, this was to happen. You can abort, Hmm. you know, but there were things in scripture when it came to other things that if you did this, then you should be put to death. If you did this, you would put to death. You see what I'm saying? So I think it all goes to the scripture where it talks about that God judges the heart. And that, you know, the things that come out of the heart are the issues of life. So I think even when a woman wants to get an abortion, there we can't detect her heart. Her heart could be I'm using abortion as a form of birth control. Her heart could be, Lord, I was just raped by my cousin and there's no way I could give birth to this child. So it's kind of hard because we're not under the law. The Bible says that he wrote, he'll write the law in our hearts. So that means the Holy Spirit is abiding on the inside of us. Now understand, everyone that's listening, you may not be a believer in Christ, so this this doesn't apply to you. But if you're listening to me and you are a believer, then I'm talking to you. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of you. So not just abortion, but any decision that we make, everything that we do throughout our daily lives, the Lord says that he's going to lead, guide, and direct us unto what? All truth. Amen. The truth about every situation and everything. And that includes abortion. The truth about abortion. So if you're a young lady that you're in your list, or older lady, whatever, and you're considering abortion, then you have to take that to the Lord. 
and allow the spirit of God to lead God and direct you. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying, because more than likely, to be honest with you, I don't think he's going to lead you to get an abortion if you just out here having casual sex. But I'm more so, more so talking about complex situations like what I mentioned, rape, rape or incest. Because, like I said, those things are just unclear. Um, I have another question. Go ahead. What if Dr. King, what if his mom would have thought to have an abortion? Rather, it not saying that her situation was rape or incest, but what if it yeah, that's was... That's all I'm referring to. I'm right, like, but what if it was, and she decided to kill one of the greatest uh, nation leaders... What if the president, uh, the first black president, Barack Obama, what if he was in that situation, his mom, cause, because I know that was interracial, and that's another reason why uh, parents force their teenage children to have abortions, because they find out that they are pregnant by a race that's not approved in their family. Mm-hmm. That's so, ungodly. Yeah. Right? See, the, see, that's what I'm saying. There's, There's so, so much, much of the, hate behind is the reasoning abortions. behind it. So it's... it's so they probably just getting a cap on it with the law, with the new bill passed. They're Help getting a cap Lord. on it. They have to. It's got to be rules and regulations and everything. It has to be order. The the rate of these abortions. How that lady hand me that pamphlet. You're pregnant. Here's a pamphlet. She didn't give me a, a pamphlet to will woman wellness to take care of my baby to learn how to be a mother. She hand me abortion pamphlet. And that is a true statement. So at the rate of it then, I can imagine what it is now. And my dad never knew. I had to tell him um, that I had an abortion once I was old enough. I was probably over 21 when I told him about it. And he was shocked that I went through that procedure four times without him ever knowing. That's how easy it was to have it. Of course, I had to use my real name about the third and fourth time, but I remember the first two, no. I had a made-up name. Um, they started asking for ID later on in life, but I just can't imagine my daughter going through that. So it is uh, very, it's at our best and at, our, at the best of our children for us to talk about no sex, abstinence, uh, and just waiting until they're married, that they, they don't have to face that decision, which is a lot of married people have abortions. So anyway, this can go on and on and on and on. Seriously, it can. But we're just stating some of our opinions and feelings and facts and um, just sharing it with the world, really. So I was eating a marshmallow. But yeah, you're right. Amen. You're absolutely right. Um I tell you one thing this abortion bill gonna do. <laughs> it's gonna cause a lot of women to chill out. You think or yeah. they might just have more and more babies and then you know. No. Never know. I mean I, I don't know. Who knows? We not gonna know it just got it just started, but um like I said, my concern wasn't so much women who just get abortions. I'm against that. So I'm against abortion minds just like they have in this in the law. They have an exception. And they and they have the exceptions there. The exception is just like rape, rape and incest. I just look at rape and incest mm-hmm. like, you know, you you solution? you saying that that you don't believe there should be any type of. What's the solution? Uh, that's what we need here, and that's what God is raising us up to do. 
Um, even with single don't mean sorrow, I am an advocate for presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I am, you know, about celibacy. Staying celibate until you're married. That will eliminate so much, especially unplanned pregnancies that leads to abortions. And that's what I want to focus on um, from here and going forward. We have a lot of great things planned, a lot of sessions planned, and we're going to talk about it. And if I could, I've actually helped a young woman before, plenty of women, not to go to the abortion clinics that have their babies to this day. So I just thank God for that. So we can talk about the problem, you know, all day and uh, sign bills and put uh, bills into place, into motion. But we need solution. We need someone that's advocating against uh, unplanned pregnancies. Um, That's hitting self-esteem, self-worth. That's letting them know that they are born and you know God knew who they were before the foundation of the earth I know one thing when I read in the Bible that he knew the number of hairs on my head and I am the apple of his eye so I looked in the mirror and I looked at my eyes and I seen my pupil and I thought to myself I'm sitting in God's eye like my pupil was sitting in mine and I knew from that day forward that any no anyone just can't touch me I can't lay down again with just any old body because God feels this way about me and he is the the creator of the universe oh no so that's what helped me in just continually going to church and going to different women's sessions um, in and outside the church and just being intentional about raising my esteem and, and keeping my body to myself. And it kept, it kept me away from the abortion clinic. And I just thank God for it. And anyone out there battling with uh, lack of self-worth, um, lack of purpose, not knowing your purpose and what you're here for, I knew that I was more... I was created and born more to be more than just a baby mama, to be more than a person getting pregnant and running to the abortion clinic. I knew that it was a purpose for me and I just had to continue to ask God and he later revealed it. So I'm just letting you know, anyone that's listening, I am here for you. If you can just reach out to me or um, through this podcast and ask for me, then I will be more than happy to help you. Well, amen. Amen. You heard, I want to read uh, one last scripture. Isaiah 44, verse 24 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone so he is the one again that forms us in the womb so there is purpose for every baby regardless of how the baby comes here but like i said i'm against abortion but just like in this abortion bill they have exceptions you know with the you know if the parent's life is at stake i believe that rape and incest should be um an exception still a choice meaning that if you raped if you god forbid you got raped you yes you can still choose to have the baby incest you can still choose to have the, have the baby um i just you know I, I don't know that's what i'm saying it's so complex you know it's like that can happen but it's like if you uh, anyway lord help us uh teach us lead god and direct us um 
convict us, you know, we got to understand, too, that majority of the people who are against abortion, they aren't believers. So they may not um, value themselves the way that we're talking, you know, and, you know, the scripture says that, you know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost and we are not our own. So that means that God is this this is his body. I know white women like to say it's my body, my choice. I mean technically, yeah, you're living in a body that God formed and fashioned. So your body is his property. And if he's the Lord of your life, then if Lord means ruler, lordship, that means he has the right to tell you what to do, what not to do. You know what I'm saying? That pertains to our eating, everything. Like we all are to be um just more conscious of what we do with into our bodies now isn't the heaven a hell issue no but just know that there are consequences to our actions just like paul said all things are profitable all things are permissible for me but what's the scripture say? not profitable all things are profit. all things are lawful i believe the king james version says but it's not profitable so yeah yeah, I can do what I want to do. Sure, sure you can. But all things aren't profitable. And there are consequences that come with um, certain things. So, like I said, this bill, we're going to see how it plays out. They are leaving it up to each state. So it's not a, a federal law that's being passed that, you know, each state has to vote on it. I believe Missouri, where we live, that they are voting against it. So I don't we're not going to have that um, abortion bill. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Please share this with your family and with your friends. If you know anyone that's battling or struggling with abortion, um, hopefully this answers some questions for you. Uh, I can go a lot deeper into it scripturally, but I really just wanted to bring my wife on because she's actually had experience uh, with abortion. And I wanted women to know who may have never had an abortion, the physical pain that comes with it. It's not like you just, you know, taking a drink of water taking a pill and then it's just done with you know there are actual physical pains that come with it and um i wanted to bring her on so she can share her story but scripturally i may have to do another one so we can just dissect it because i know you all probably have a lot of questions about a lot of things and we can go deep as you want in scripture we can go there but we'll do that another time so once again you can follow me on all social media at mbills314 send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com you want to let people know how they can follow you and where they can find you yes I am on Facebook my name is Ann Billingsley I also have a Facebook page single don't mean sorrow and also bridging the gap because we are bridging the gap in the kingdom of God and um even um, just reaching out to everyone. So, again, that's Ann Billingsley and Single Don't Mean Sorrow on Facebook. Instagram is Ann I am underscore. Blessings to you and thank you for having me. Remember these words from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out. Get connected to the word on a whole nother level. Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures Podcast with Martinez.